Hi guys, welcome back to another podcast. Today we're doing Spurs and I've got Jasher on. How are you doing, Jasher? Yeah, all good, Josh. Thanks for having me on. No worries. Um, I believe you're a Spurs ticket, season ticket holder. Is that right? Um, yeah, that's correct. Home season ticket holder and try to go to as many away games as I can. Yeah, sure. Um, well, it's been a strange summer for you guys. Took so long to replace Mourinho. Let's hear your thoughts on Mourinho first, actually. Um, yeah, it was a weird, weird signing, weird appointment. Not manager, I suppose, typically would go for, especially considering the, uh, his contract and his salary. Um, but yeah, it was an exciting appointment at first, considering his track history. And um, yeah, I was excited by the appointment. Um, I was warned by his style of football, but I thought, you know, the trophy aspect of his profile would supersede that. Um, and, well, within halfway through the season, I kind of saw Mourinho's, you know, true side and his negative impact on the players and his negative style of play it kind of took a turn for the worst. And, yeah, it was towards the end, I just wanted him gone, let's be honest. Yeah, uh, at the start, I remember a lot of Spurs fans keen on a title charge. You were touted as, you know, possible contenders, and that went downhill very quickly, which made me happy as an Arsenal fan. But um, what would you, what were your thoughts um, when you started to get linked with new managers? You know, Conte, Fornescu, Potter, and now you've ended up with Nuno. Who who would you have preferred of all this? The options you got given. Um, well, I think the best choice would have been Conte, um, just because his well, most recent history is just won the Serie A with Inter Milan. Um, obviously, he's pre-proven a lot more recently than Mourinho. And um, yeah, I know it wouldn't, wasn't going to be the most exciting style of players. I've heard he's also a bit more defensive, but when you look at his more recent you know, achievements, it's unquestionable. But, um, yeah, of course, I didn't go for that. That, that fell through, unfortunately. Yeah, um, he had doubts over your ambition, which obviously didn't reflect well on Daniel Levy, who, what are your thoughts on him? Let's let's get him out of the way first. Um, yeah, he's an interesting character. Of course, he's definitely not a fan's favourite. Um, I mean, yeah, his... His ambition can be questioned over the past few seasons, especially you see the whole Kane saga. He's it's evident that he's his ambitions have not been met by the club and Levy, um, and you know the backing of Poch when he did such a good job has also been questionable. You know you look at Mourinho's backing, you look at Nuno's backing this summer. Um, you know hundreds hundred million mark, and then you look at Poch and you see he wasn't backed over you know, two transfer windows from Levy. So he's an interesting chairman, you know, he's definitely not a fan's favourite, but when it comes to the buying side of players, um, selling players, he's, you can't argue. I think he's handled the Kane situation reasonably well. Um, he hasn't backed down. He's, you know, he's t- strong, he's a tough businessman. He'll get your money's worth. But um, yeah, the buying side of players... The ambition he's shown has been very questionable and you know not pleasing for Spurs fans. Well, yeah, I think he's a he's a businessman at the end of the day, and the appointment of Paratici is it? 
that should help things out as a director of football. I thought, I think I've, I read that that was originally brought in to appease Conte, but he's stuck anyway. But I think some of the signings and where he's looking at is actually quite impressive and yeah, scary for Tottenham. What, what do you, do you rate him as a director of football? Are you, yeah, I mean, just to echo what you said, I, he, I think he was, you know, brought in to try and convince um, Conte. Well, he, he was brought in, he tried to convince Conte. Obviously, they'd worked previously together. That didn't happen. However, some of the, you know, the names he's he's attracted, I can, I'm really pleased with. Um, he's got a very good profile, Juventus. He brought in the likes of Kadira, Ronaldo. He's very, very good at spotting players early. And um, yeah, I mean, whenever I'm seeing him in pre-season, there's pictures of him on Twitter, always on his phone. He's always trying to make transfers, doing deals. Um, and he, I think he's exactly what Spurs needed, especially for the recruitment process. So yeah, I think I'm, I'm, a lot of Spurs fans are very pleased with Paratici and what he's been doing so far. Would you say you're more pleased or less pleased with the appointment of Nuno Espirito Santo in the end? Um. Like Nuno is an interesting one. I think I wasn't overly excited, but I wasn't negative as well. I was sitting on the fence. I mean, I'm happy to give him, you know, time. Um, I'm happy to see what he can do at Spurs. Um, and one thing I would say is he's done it in the Prem. He's 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 kept walls up. He's got them into the European football. He's he's he knows the Prem. He knows the Premier League teams. He doesn't need too much time to adapt. Um, one thing I was wary of at first is his five at the back play at Wolves, and you know, in Levy's chairman to the which chairman's message to the fans, he was promised we'd get a manager with attacking style play, mm-hmm. you know, forward play. Um, and in pre-season, Nuno's been playing four at the back. He's been showing signs of you know attacking and pressing football. So I like what I've seen so far. Of course, there's only so much you can take from pre-season matches. But Nuno, I'm happy with giving him time and seeing what he can do. And yeah, I'm not, I wasn't too upset by it at all. Yeah, I mean, after 18 months of negative football, as you'd say, under Jose Mourinho, I feel Levy and Paratici were adamant that they had to bring in a manager who would, you know, appease the fans, especially now they're back in stadiums. I feel Mourinho got away with it a bit at times during Project Restart and last season when you didn't have fans, you know, but fans can get on the back of these players when there's a really negative style of football so easily. Completely um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's true. We, Mourinho was lucky there was no fans because apparently it was, a, it was the, the dressing room was really tense behind the scenes. Mm. And I can only imagine how much I would have escalated with the fans, you know, getting against the manager as well. The fact he got sacked days before a cup final, I think, speaks volumes. You know, uh, a serial winner like Jose Mourinho, if if he's getting sacrificed just before, something must have gone so badly wrong for that to happen. But we look upwards now. Tottenham have started a rebuild and you've made two major signings and then a goalie backup. So let's start with the goalie, Gallini. Do you have any thoughts on him? Do you know much about him? Yeah, so I didn't know too much about him at first. Um, I did a bit of research, as you know, most fans would, in excitement when the first signing comes through the door. And um, yeah, of course, Luis is entering his final you know, year of his contract. Um, Spurs need to look forwards towards the goalkeeper to replace um, Luis at the end of the year. 
who has made it clear, you know, he doesn't want to sign. There's links to PSG as well. So Gallini, he had, does have an interesting profile. Of course, he was um, Atlantic goalkeeper for the past few seasons. Um, he's had Champions League experience. He's young. Um, and yeah, I was, you know, I was all for the signing. Um, one thing Paratici loves to do, um, which Levy also has history of doing, is loaning a player with the option to buy. And I understand that's what they did with Gallini. Um, he's a loan with an option to buy for about 15 million. And um, that option is, becomes mandatory if he plays, I think, 20 games. So, um, yeah, you know, keepers, you, you never know with them. You, they can, of course, when it comes to the Prem as well, time it takes to adapt. Keepers are either, you know, they have got mistakes in them or they're very consistent. So I think... yeah. Lini will play his games. We can judge from there, but his preseason has looked very strong. He had a great game against Chelsea, pulled off some great saves. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how that goes. And I'm happy with that signing. So, would you say he is um, going to rival Lloris for the number one shirt, or is he going to be a solid number two? What's even happening to Gazaniga? Because I thought he was number two and he was decent at times. Um, so, Gazaniga's actually left. Right. Um, he his contract expired this season, um, which was surprising because, like you said, I you did very well in a Spurs shirt, but he's clearly mandatory to requirements. Um, Joe Hart left as well. Yeah, uh, I saw that. Celtic. Celtic. Yeah, and yeah. So to address your question about first choice, I think look, Luis is a captain. He's been with us for I think maybe more than eight years now. He's he's going to be first choice this year. Um, I see Galini more as a um, a long-term investment to replace uh, Luis maybe next season. Um, but I think Galini will be playing those, com- you know, Europa Conference League matches, the uh, um, the league, so the cup matches as well. And yeah, Premier League, I think, will be for Luis. Right. OK, yeah, that makes sense, to be fair. And next up, we'll go for a defender. So Serie A defender of the year last year. You've forked out a hell of a lot of money on him and uh, his name's Christian Romero. So what do you think of him? Probably our best signing of a window so far. Signing which I feel we needed to make. Um, and yeah, very, very happy with it. Of course, you know, Alderweireld left. Um, we had Alderweireld and Vertonga in our two best centre-backs. They used to be, they're, they're ageing. Um, last season, you know, a defence is really what cost us. And um, I just think to replace that Alderweireld player we once had, Romero is perfect for what we need. Um, and yeah, great signing. I heard Paratici as well. He played a big part in it. Of course, Romero was a um, Juventus product, academy player, came through the ranks. And Paratici is the one who brought Romero. So when Paratici called up Romero and asked him to join Spurs... They'd already had a good relationship at Juve and he played a big part in him coming to Spurs, which I was very happy to see. That's great. Um, Paratici's already bringing in his links to help you with signings. But I think there's one thing to look at. Obviously, Romero had a great record at Atalanta and he was obviously signed by Juve, so they saw something in him. But he's got a very high um, pressure volume and foul volume if you look at the percentile rating. So I've done I've delved into his stats a bit here. Um, and it's the complete opposite of a defender like Virgil van Dijk, who's been so successful in the Premier League. So it might be interesting to see such an aggressive defender like that 
slot into what I would have thought is a cautious setup by Nuno. Who knows, you might start with a, you know, more of a pressing game and that'll be exciting to watch. But I think he's a wait and see, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. So I, I've heard stuff about that. I heard he used to be, he's got that rash nature in him, you know, the Argentinian, South America style of play yeah. where they, they're aggressive and front foot. So I did hear about that. Um, I heard that the manager in Atalanta kind of reformed him and made him less rash, um, more, not conservative, but more, you know, thinking about situations before he lunges into them. That's very important in the Prem. So, like you said, hopefully he's adapted and, you know, he's young. He's got a lot to learn. Um, and hopefully under Nuno, he can really excel in the Prem. So, yeah, that's what I'd say to that, really. Yeah. Um, I'm, I mean, as even as an Arsenal fan, I'm looking forward to see how he gets on. It could yeah. go one way and he could be world-class or he could go the other way and he ends up like another Otamendi or something. Yeah, it's very true. Exactly. It's just a um, way to see, but... For the money we've paid and his, you know, his recent record in the Copa America and the league, I think it's one to be excited about. So, yeah, for yeah. Sure. And you sold all Dwarreld right for twelve odd million, so it was a signing that needed to be made. Who do you think is going to slot alongside him then, next to Romero? Do you think it'll be Roden, Dyer, um, Sanchez, Tanganga? You've got so many options there. So that's a good question. Um, I personally still think we need to invest in... Well, look, depends what our ambitions are for this season. But if we're going to be aiming for the top four um, and a trophy, I do still think we need another centre-back and, you know, a right-back as well. Um, I'm hearing that's what the board are looking to invest in still whilst the window is open. Um, but as of now, it's an interesting one. I think he'd probably be best suited next to Dyer. Um, just because Dyer's played a lot more minutes for us last season than Sanchez. He was a regular starter in the league. Um, but I guess it's just who's performed more better in pre-season. Um, I was impressed with both of them in our pre-season match against Arsenal. Um, I think both of them had really good games. It's the best we've just... I've seen us defend in a long time as well. So um, I just think it's whoever Nuno thinks is better suited next to Romero. But I personally think it would be Dyer. Fair enough, yeah. Um, from what I've seen from Davinson Sanchez, he seems like quite a rash character as well. So exactly. hearing him to Romero, you know, trying to settle him in might not be the best, exactly. best move. Yeah, yeah so that was my logic as well. Both of them next to each other would be very, very rash. And <laughs> I think Dyer is a bit, about, a bit more conservative. Yeah, so about Rodon then, do you think he's got all Rodon? How, do you think he's going to have a more of a breakout season or do you not think you'll see many minutes? So it's interesting. Uh, he's, he had a very good year um, and he was a very good player under Swan, for Swansea. I think for Tottenham, he's still yet to be proven. He hasn't had that many minutes, um, but I think he'll be more player used for the UEFA Conference League. Um, one word on which is quite interesting, he wasn't actually qualified. Um, he wasn't registered for the Europa League last season. Um, in our group games so I think that's why we didn't see him so much last season he wasn't made for the Prem too soon and the Europa League where he would have been picked for um, to start he wasn't able to so I think this is why we haven't seen so much of him under a Spurs shirt um, and hopefully next season he'll 
start in the UEFA Conference League, start those matches, get more minutes under his belt, and he'll take it from there. Sure, yeah, that, I agree with that. Um, so you said earlier that you reckon Nuno will start with a four, and I think that right right back spot is up for a lot of debate at the moment. You know, obviously Doherty, Nuno, they worked well over at Wolves, but that was more of a five at the back system where he was a wing back, and Aurier. I'm sure a lot of Spurs fans have some negative opinions on on Serge. So do you think Tanganga might actually come in with a shout at right back this season? Yeah, it's an interesting one because I saw Tanganga play right back a few times last season. I saw Mourinho try to adapt him into that position and it didn't work. Um, Saw him in the line-up in the team team sheet against Arsenal and I wasn't happy at first. However, at the end of a match, he was my man of a match. He was really surprised me at right back. He was making like overlapping runs. He was getting forwards. Um, he was defending well against, I think it was a Bamiang on that side, and Tierney. So he was doing really well with pressure. So Tanganga is an interesting one at right back. I still think we need to sign a right back um, because Tanganga is not even his natural position. We can't forget. But I hear, I'm hearing the likes of Tommy Asu are being linked with. Um, so I still think we need a right back. But I do think after having seen pre-season, Tanganga can play matches there. Sure, yes. yeah. It seems like he's so solid defensively. The only question marks are really him going forward. So it's just exactly. a couple that he's able to develop under Nuno to be more of an attacking fullback to see this. Because you look at the other end at your left and you've got Regulon who's bombing it down every game and he's just yeah. a, a solid left back. And then we're talking about the other replacement right backs like you mentioned. Doherty, I can't see him working in a back four. And Aurier, um, I mean, he's been said to want to leave this summer. And, you know, we're talking about rash players. You're, you're potentially talking about a back four of Aurier, Damons, Sanchez and Romero, which just wouldn't work. So, um yeah, I do think we need a right back. I would love um, to see that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that'd go down too well. Yeah, I can imagine. And um, the other main signing you've made is a, a young Spanish creative midfielder called Brian Gill. Do you know much about him? Have you heard much? Um, no, I didn't actually uh, hear too much about him at first. Um, well, I, it was a bit of a sudden but. Of a you know sudden buy yeah from I just checked my Twitter Fabrizio had said here we go <laughs> done deal with um, yeah. Lamella swap deal with Gil and I was yeah. very surprised because we hadn't been linked to him you know at all um, but I've heard good stuff from him I've heard he's a young prospect of course he's unproven um, Tottenham tend to go for those you know twenty to thirty million pound players uh, we're used to it under Levy who um, you know they can either go one way or the other. They're not proven players. So um, Gil is an exciting prospect. Um, of course, he's very young. I don't think he can, you know, be expected to start every Premier League match this season. But yeah, I just guess we'll just have to wait and see what he can bring to the table. But he does look like a good prospect from what I've been hearing. Yeah, even though I'm an Arsenal fan, I'm excited to watch him because... You know, you do the classic thing, you, you go on, on YouTube and you watch highlights and this guy, honestly, the ball sticks to him. It, it's really just fun to watch, really. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'm looking forward to see how in, seeing how he fits in because 
I reckon Spurs are probably going to play a 4-2-3-1 this season. Um, do you think that could see Deli Ali back to his best? Yeah, so I think Ali is obviously he's had a very tough season under Mourinho, in and out, saw a lot of time on the bench. Um, Ali is a player Levy wanted to keep. He was adamant he wasn't going to be sold. Levy was adamant he could, you know, get back to his form. Maybe that's because he wanted to transfer value to Rise as well. But yeah, I do think Ali will get back into the squad. You know, if you're looking at it in our preseason matches, he's been starting every game. Um, and it just got, it just just depends on, you know, what formation we'll be playing, um, whether we sign another striker who we are being linked with as well. But, you know, with the current squad we have, I do think Ali will be starting our matches. Fair enough, yeah. And now moving on to the forward line. So that's where that's where the Spurs fans love to hear the name of their players. So you've got Harry Kane and Hyung-min Son. So let's start with Son. Leave, leave Kane to the end because that's a big talking point. So Hyung-min Son signed a new contract this season. He's going to be there for another four years. He's now 29 years old. So maybe he's hitting his prime or just maybe starting to head out of his prime. He may not still have blistering pace towards the end of his contract, but I think he's shown shown faith in in Spurs and Levy and credit to him for staying. Yeah, I mean, you've said the words for me. I mean, he's a fan's favourite. Um, there was a lot of talk, you know, towards the back end of last season when Kane was being rumoured to leave. Everyone was like, oh, well, what about Son now? Son's going to go. Son's definitely going to want to leave if Kane's going. Um, and he surprised us all, really, with a new contract being signed this summer. Um, and massive respect to Son. Clearly loves the club. Clearly sees um, the way we're, we're heading towards. Maybe the project he's been told or promised by Levy. And he's backed it. And, you know, massive respect to him. And like you said, just really, really great player. One of our best we have. And big season for him. He's... um. It's a bit of a win-win for him, isn't it? Because let's say Kane goes, he's now, you know, big man here. He's up top. He gets all the attention. He's always, whenever Kane's been out injured, he's always performed well. You know, he's got good record when Son's out, Kane's out. But even when Kane's there, let's say Kane stays, last season they proved that they can be one of the most deadly partnerships in the league. So I think it works. it'll work well either way for him. Yeah, exactly. I mean... Of course, I think he'd want Kane to stay <laughs> because, I mean, it's not just the goals he scores with Kane, it's also the assists. Um, the total goals and assists as a duo were just fantastic. I think they became like the second or third most in the league. Um, but yeah, like you said, he can't rely on Kane and should Kane go, he, he, he will, he's happy to take up the pressure. Let's talk about that now. What do you think is going to happen with the Kane situation? Do you think he's going? No. <laughs> you don't think he's going to go? No. Um, I don't think he's going to leave. I've said it all summer. Um, whether he wants to go, I think that's very clear and obvious. He does. And I'm not denying that. Whether he will leave is another question. Um, he's got three years left on his contract. Um, clearly... City clearly haven't, you know, made the bid. Levy feels he's worth. Um, and until that happens, there's nothing to say that he has to go. I think it's as simple as that. And now I'm going to ask you a, a slightly different question. Would you want to keep him? Because he's 
you know, he's 28 years old now. You're going to get 100 million plus for him. What's to say his ankle doesn't go as it's done a couple seasons? And it's, it's a season where we see, even as an Arsenal fan, I'm admitting, you know, United City, Chelsea, Liverpool, they're so strong this season. It's going to be so hard to break into the top four. And yeah, do you think it's really worth keeping him? Um, I think every Spurs fan who says that they want King to go would be lying to you. <laughs> I think he's, he's just irreplaceable. Um, you see some of the players City are trying to line up a bid for, you know, 100 million plus Laporte, 100 million plus Bernardo Silva. Levy isn't interested. He doesn't want these players because he knows Kane is irreplaceable. And I think so do Spurs fans as well. Um, he is 28. He is, you know, he is he is injury prone for a few weeks every season, but he finished top goal scorer, top assist for last season. Um, Spurs have, this is a, a, one of the important points as well to look out for. Spurs have invested this summer based around the fact that Kane will stay. They're looking to sign another striker to play with Kane. They signed a defender knowing Kane would stay. They spent within their budget. And should Spurs sell Kane now, with a few weeks left, they'd have to panic buy, which is in the interests of Levy and Paratici. And I think that's the point to look out for. Um, they've kind of said it in their heads. They've even appointed a manager with the intention of Kane selling. I think everything this summer, uh, staying, I think everything this summer has been built around Kane staying. And should he go, of course, it'd be a massive blow. Um, but I just can't see it happening. That's a that's a bold statement, I must admit. And you've got um, you've got a youngster called Scarlett um, as your sort of striker backup about to break through. Do you think do you think he's got what it takes to cut it at Premier League level? Um, eventually, yes. Mourinho did say big things about him last season, but I mean, look, he's eighteen. He just he was seventeen, just turned eighteen. He can't. There's no way you can expect an 18-year-old to fill in the shoes of Kane. Um, what Kane's just done last season, the pressure would be way too much. Um, should Kane go, I think Spurs would sign a top striker to replace him because the pressure of an 18-year-old, it just wouldn't be fair on him at this stage of his career. Yeah, and the last last name I want to talk about is Endombele. So where do you see him fitting in this, this system that Nuno's wanting to play? Because... You spend a hell of a lot of money on him and I really rate him as a player. Some consider him lazy, but I'm not quite sure where he'd fit in in a 4-2-3-1 because I see him as more of that box-to-box. Yeah. So Endombele is an interesting one. I mean, Spurs fans love and they really, really back his talent. They know his ability. They, they, they've seen him you know, week in, week out when he does play. They know what he's capable of. Um, it's just there's something which is hindering him um, it's now been the third manager he's been under we go to fourth actually we go to Pochettino he wasn't actually starting under Poch maybe it's because it was too soon as the beginning of his season maybe Poch was going to adapt him into the squad but he wasn't um, you saw with Mourinho he didn't start at first he was being called out in press conferences and you know eventually he was being put into the team but then you see Ryan Mason, he didn't start him and he started Winks of Endombele in the Carabao Cup final. He wasn't playing any of our Premier League matches last season. Um, we thought, you know, Mason was just playing his favourites. 
playing the players he used to play with at Tottenham. Um, and then you see Nuno now, and I'm thinking Nuno is going to be playing Endombele every week. Finally, a manager, you know, is going to have a good relationship with Endombele. And he, you know, he, he gave birth. He So he was a father. His wife gave birth. He we told that he was on leave with his child. He missed a few preseason matches. And then we played Arsenal. He was, he's been in training for a week and he doesn't play. And all Spurs fans, you know, it's like, here we go again. It's another... You know, it's what we used to. Why is Endombele in the squad? Um, so, yeah, I really hope he does play this season. I really hope he plays in the two with Hojbjerg, uh, you know, the 4-2-3-1, box-to-box, um, especially with Romero now, for more defensively solid. It will give Endombele the licence to get forwards more. But, yeah, I, just don't, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, why he's not being played, because he's a fantastic player. Um I think he's even doubting his future this summer. Of his best friends, Ori and Soko wanting to leave. Maybe that's got something to do with it. But yeah, I really hope Endombele can play the season. Yeah, I mean it will be a saga that will play on through the season. We'll, we'll see if he, if Nuno can get the best out of him. But now we're going to move on to where you think Spurs are going to finish this season. Just a small prediction. Um. If I had to predict it now, I would go for this is with me being uh, this is with me having ambition as well. I'd place ourselves fifth. Um, top four, well, it depends on who we sign as well. Depends if we can get that another centre back and right back, which I think we need. Top four is not out of a question, but of course, you've got four teams with a lot better squads Liverpool, City, United, and Chelsea. So I'd place ourselves fifth. Um, if I had to predict it right now. Fair enough. That's a, an ambitious prediction, I think. Um, as an Arsenal fan, I think I hope we'll be challenging you, but with this window we've had and the luck we've had, I'm not sure we'll be able to. Um, now let's talk about who you think will win Player of the Year. You can do Spurs and general Premier League. You know, it's up to you. Um, so, Player of the Season for Spurs... I think he's won it like three seasons in a, three seasons in a row now, and there's no reason for him to not win it again. Human Son, um, yeah, fantastic player, just so consistent. Um, a lot of people call him purple patch player, but I think last season showed. You know, I wasn't the case, and I think someone win player of the season for us. Um, there are players to look out for. You know, Romero if we solidify our defence. He he's, he could be a contender. I think um, um, Hoiberg, he's another contender. But it all depends on, you know, how the season develops, where we come, where we finish. But I think some will end up the player of the season. Yeah. And for the league, did you miss say? Yeah, so usually it goes to whoever wins the league, a player from that team, essentially. So whoever yeah, it was a scam that Kane didn't win it last year. I'm just going to put it out there now. <laughs> Tom Goldsgrove and his sister and Diaz still won it. I think most people can agree with that. Um, player of the season, if he doesn't get injured, because I know he had a four-month injury last year, got to give it to De Bruyne. That's a yeah, safe shout, I think. He's a solid, solid player. I mean, love watching him play. And I just want to get um, a team to watch that you think Ooh. outside of Spurs, just a you know an outside team who you think oh they're going to do pretty well this season. I think they're going a bit under the radar. Interesting. So other than the top four, Spurs, Leicester, and 
Arsenal. Um, got two teams in my mind, but I'll probably go for Aston Villa. Um, nice. I mean, when they sold Grealish, a lot of people compared it to a Tottenham side Bale, and Villa took a completely way better approach than us. They signed proven Premier League players. Um, you know, they signed Ings. They signed. We're looking at Cantwell, who's played in the Prem. They signed Young, who's played in the Prem. Wendia. Uh, Wendia, exactly. There's another one. So I think they have taken the complete right approach in it. Mm-hmm. And I think they are a team to look out for. There'll be no. Villa Park, I've been there. It's a great atmosphere with fans back. I think there'll be no team, easy team to play against. Yeah. Um, and I really, I, I don't know if you saw it, but the managing director, Christian Perslow, he did like a video saying how, like a very transparent video, you know, just saying we had these chats with Grealish. If we got an offer in for this amount, we said we would sell him. We didn't really want to sell him, but we thought no one would really hit that mark and he wanted to go, et cetera, et cetera. I found that really interesting to listen to. And I just think the way Villa are being run is is great at the moment. You know, they've got a team that's up and coming. All the signings they've made over the past couple of seasons have been quality. Look at Ollie Watkins, what he's been doing, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Bailey as well. We forgot Leon Bailey. He could Bailey, of course. And I agree. I think, you know, this these days fans want so much honesty and you know for integrity from the owners, especially with the whole Super League thing. And you know, like you said, if their chairman's coming out addressing the transfer strategy to the fans, their reasoning, his reasoning behind selling their best player, you know, with honesty and the integrity he's giving to the fans. I think that's a, you know, a really good message he's given. Agreed. Uh, it's been great talking to you about Spurs, Jasha. I'm sure we will Likewise. speak again when our teams face off against each other. Um, of it might get a bit feisty, but it's been great speaking to you. Cheers, guys. Pleasure. pleasure. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would say good luck for the season, but I can't do that as a Spurs fan. But hope we uh, cross paths on the podcast in the near future. Sure. Cheers.